Hey everybody, this is Sophie. The opening of this episode is a little different because this episode is a little different. Melanie and I did not record anything new for this week. We decided that we were going to take just a week away from our normal podcasting duties. It's been a little lively, been a lot of content over the last few months, which has been great. But this week, we are sharing with y'all an episode that we posted on Patreon last month. We had decided uh, a while back that we wanted to do an episode on health and body image. And we were so surprised by and encouraged by the response that this episode got on Patreon. So we wanted to put it into the regular feed so that you could hear it. If you're on Patreon, I'm so sorry that you're having to listen to something twice. If you're not on Patreon, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love for you to join us on Patreon if you feel so led. Patreon.com slash Big Boo. It's $5 plus tax in some cases, two extra episodes a month and it's been a ton of fun. So this is just a really candid conversation from the two of us about places where we struggled and places where we have found some victory over the last few years and we hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Hey everybody, this is Sophie and welcome to our June Closer Look episode that is exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. We are so glad y'all are with us. We thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. And this month, we are going to talk about something a little bit different. We've never talked about this before, especially for a whole episode. But we're going to talk about health and body image and all kinds of things about how we have kind of made a progression in our personal lives over the course of the last few years. I do want to say this, though. If you are someone who has struggled with an eating disorder or an exercise disorder or anything like that, you may find that this episode produces some anxiety just because we're going to talk about it a lot. So if that's the case, we don't want to create any kind of stressful situation for you. So you just may not want to listen. And we'll come back around in just a little while with our Q&A and other fun stuff you can hear. So we hope you all enjoy the conversation. I'm going to read some excerpts from the new book that are specifically about this. And we thank you so much for being here. Okay, here's the episode. Hey, everybody, this is Sophie. This is Big Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. And so Melanie's going to kind of tee up for us what we're doing today because we are going to talk about things related to health and body image and things of that nature. Several of you have mentioned that you would like to hear us talk about that, Um, whether you have reached out to me or you've left a comment somewhere. And so Melanie, well, I feel like, okay. And number one, we recognize there's a little bit of irony in this considering how many times we have talked about various dips sure, made out of cream cheese and mayonnaise. Absolutely. Um, and our love of potato chips and all that stuff. But I do think 
to us the conversation or for me, I really knew that I wanted to talk to Sophie about this because when you put up your post, um, which was based on your upcoming book, Stand All the Way Up, um, and you talked about just kind of your body image over the years and like the way that you had um, processed that. And But anyway, it just felt like a great conversation. And I know you talk about it in your in your book, which everybody should get because it comes out June 16th. And it's so, so good. I started rereading it again last night. And, I, you know, I'd already read it, but like reading it as a book that just feels different. Um, so to kind of go through, I'm just I'm like, you're one of my favorite writers. So thanks. So, well, yeah, I mean, I would say that even if you weren't my podcast partner, Thank you. um, it's part of, it's part of why I stalked you on the internet all those years ago <laughs> so we could become friends. Right. Um, and I told you a couple of days ago, what's interesting to me about this is, um, five or 10 years ago, I would, I would have never had this conversation. I would have run yeah. from this conversation. I would not have wanted to get into it at all. Um, because there are just certain places in everybody's life, and this may not be the one for for some people and it might be the one for others but there are certain places where you just aren't quite willing to turn the mirror in that direction yeah and and think about it and process it and all that kind of stuff and so um and that was you know I really didn't think I wasn't planning to write about it when I started the book necessarily but it was just kind of one of those things that was kind of a persistent well this sort of fits you know yeah 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 because so, I think it's it's part of that it's part of that because you're, to me your body image is so tied into just everything to your mental mm-hmm. to your mental health to your physical health to the way you view the world um, to all of that stuff so I think it's so important and I don't think a lot of people talk about it always right um, so anyway so I'm glad that we're doing that today and um, and so you're gonna read little parts out of your book. And then we'll kind of discuss like different things that each of us have experienced and kind of our thoughts and and all of that kind of stuff is kind of the way we're going to format this today. Right. Because I think people sort of maybe would expect like, ooh, I bet Sophie has struggled there. But they might not look at you and think that it's a place that you've struggled. Yes, and I have. So it's so it's so interesting, I think, the way that we all process this differently. And here was the thing that really made me think a couple of months ago um, that people process all this stuff in such an interesting way. Somebody sent me the sweetest comment on Instagram and it really was really sweet. It was actually a direct message. And, um, and I told you about this at the time, but Mm -hmm. what she said essentially was like, I'm just, I, I'm interested in the fact that your weight doesn't seem to bother you. Yeah. And, um, and I, like, but the way she said it was really kind and sweet, essentially mm-hmm. saying, like, she had struggled and it was, you know, because it is, like, it it is a mental thing just as much as it's a physical thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I feel like I have turned some corners <laughs> over, yes. over the last um, three years, really, three and a half years that have been helpful. So we're just, yeah. we're going to talk about it and, and how both of us have struggled and dealt and where we are and etc. Yes, I think that's great. I'm excited. Okay, so I'm going to read, um, there's a chapter in the book that is called Done With Being Done. And, um, and I'm just going to start reading, it's a few paragraphs into the chapter about where I sort of hit the wall. Um, and, and again, like, I don't know that I have ever Oh, sorry, my little mouth guard thing fell. I don't know that I have ever um, 
thought about this too much until the last the last several years because here's what I don't know if y'all know but sometimes when there's an area where you struggle it's just easier to pretend like you don't no I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) so it's just easier to think like well it's not really a struggle it doesn't really bother me I don't really need to do anything different you know I know that I Mm -hmm. I know that the experts say that certain things are important but maybe not for me yeah I know I know people recommend exercise but um I don't know I'm not real into it and again I say that without any like I'm not trying to heap condemnation or shame on anybody because I get it all the reasons Mm -hmm. so um anyway so here's where I was I feel like we need some music or something like I know it does feel like we need some a, a, a lead in and it's a shame we can't put our intro right here like. well I can actually I okay can. well then there you go okay I've got to move this little sound guard thing so it doesn't keep okay. falling down it feels like your mic isn't stationed <laughs> it's not saying. it's not because I've got to have a little room to read the book okay mm. I think that'll work can you hear me? Am I fine? I can, yeah, I can hear you great. Okay, so here's here's part of chapter six. Um, this is in the first little section. About four years ago, though, something shifted. Physically, at least, I started to feel like I was falling apart, and I think that's because I was falling apart. My (laughs) blood pressure was sky high. I had a rash on my legs that wouldn't clear up for love nor money. I was having horrible... Oh, my post-it's in the wrong place. I'm so sorry. Um, God, That's not part of the book. This is really going... This is going beautifully. (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to turn my pages. Okay. I was having horrible headaches and stomach aches and my lack of connection to or control of my body left me super frustrated for for three years. My primary physical activity had been writing books, which Mm -hmm. newsflash isn't an actual physical activity. Mm -hmm. And my sedentary lifestyle left me feeling like a bump on a log. Nothing about me was at ease in my own skin. My energy was low. My favorite hobby was sleeping and my beverage of choice was as many diet Cokes as I Mm -hmm. could ingest in a 24 hour period. So, you know, things weren't great. I knew that the whole situation had gotten away from me when I realized that I was finding ways to avoid my husband. I don't mean that I hid in the laundry room when he got home from work and then left the house until he fell asleep. But in ways both subtle and obvious, I made myself mostly unavailable to him. I'm not just talking about that special relationship between husband and wife, because I can look back and see that in lots of ways. I checked out on him emotionally as well. Mm. Mm. And I did. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I did. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there was something about, for me, I think, um, I mean, I do think that transitioning into writing books is a whole, it's it's a whole thing. You're in your head a lot. You have to sit a yeah. lot. This is not an excuse because I was not in the best shape of my life before I started writing books either. So it's it's not like that was the that was the beginning of the downward slide. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I do think, you know, going to work every day, there was just no time. There was no time. And I think here's the the tricky part about it is the worse you feel, um, the, the, the more sort of inactive you are, the more likely you are to feel bad and be inactive because it's just like the self-perpetuating cycle. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. I think, and you know, this, it was like, ironically, I think it was after I finished writing, I guess it was after Church of Small Things, but I had written 
I guess that was my fourth book and I had written and I was under so much stress and I had just gotten to where I did, I wasn't doing anything. And Mm -hmm. like, and Perry finally called me on it. He was like, you just, he's like, you sit on the couch all day. Like Mm -hmm. you don't go do anything. You don't work out. You don't. And he was like, and I don't care. He goes, but it's not, he's like, but I care about you and it's not a healthy place to be. And I remember at the time I was so mad, like Mm -hmm. it just made me furious, but it, it, but I realized he was right. And it was having, it wasn't so much my physical body. It was that it was having such an impact on me mentally because I wasn't doing anything except sitting there being in my own head. And ultimately that wasn't good for anybody. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. And I remember when that happened and then David actually, because I I went through kind of a two pronged process um, and I'll, talk about it more in a little bit, but I had kind of an initial, and I, I had to walk for, um, after I broke my foot, cause the doctor told me I had to, and that kind of got mm-hmm. me started, but then I kind of fell off the wagon. I, I'm, I was editing something. I don't know. And, um, so when David asked me like one night, like, are you going to, are you planning to go back to the gym again? This had nothing to do with, with how I looked. It had everything to do with me not being in a great place and yeah. and when you're not in a great place if you think I mean like that well I'll if you're not in a great place it totally affected my mood um it totally affected um just sort of my engagement in the day-to-day and yeah. so when I was like well I'm so busy and I've got work and I've got I don't mm-hmm. and he was like I can, I'm not gonna sit here and listen to you talk about how you don't have time if you really mm-hmm. don't have time then we'll cancel the gym membership I whatever but like Anyway, all that to say, I, I was so mad at him. I was so yeah. mad at him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, but essentially what he was saying is, like, if you're going to just make excuses about why you can't go, let's just say you're not going. Yeah. And call it. I mean. Yeah. And and so, anyway, so I waited, like, two days. because I Or maybe I waited a week. Because I didn't want him mm-hmm. to win. And then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I finally, I went back. And that was kind of the beginning of really sort of committing to my physical health. But I'm curious and talking about not just the workout stuff, but have you ever been in a bad place in terms of your perception of your body? Oh, I think, you know, and I think it's funny because I have always been probably on the thinner side, but Mm -hmm. I think I also, I've said many times that I come from a long line of very vain women. Yes. Um, And one of the things that my grandmother did, um, my, my, my mom's mom, which, and she, and she did it. She, she, she thought she was coming from a good place, but we were a whole family of girls. I have mainly all girl cousins and she monitored our weight and she would tell us like, I mean, I remember coming home from college my sophomore year. And I don't know if you know this, but college girls have a tendency (laughs) to put on some weight. I have no idea what you're talking about as somebody who ate a Popeye's two piece spicy dinner about every other day, Mm -hmm. every single night and then drove through Taco Bell at (laughs) two o'clock in the morning. That's right. After drinking, I mean, mm-hmm. I look back now and go, the amount of big gulps I drank from 7-Eleven oh. with real Coke. I mean, oh. like I, I was consuming probably an extra 2,000 calories a day just in beverages. Like, yeah, that's how I felt about a Dr. Pepper back in the day. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Like that Gully and I would like before class go get a pack of donut, powdered donuts and a Coke to start our day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember coming home at Easter and I brought Gully home with me actually. And she sat both of us down and told us that we needed to get our weight under control. Now, mind you, she had never even met Gully before. (laughs) Oh, my word. Oh, my word. So that's what I came from. So there was definitely the, this, 
perception of that thin is what was valued. And Mm -hmm. if you weren't thin. And so for me in college, once I put on that weight, like I had been somebody who probably had always weighed 120 pounds my entire, like kind of grown up life, Mm -hmm. like through high school until I got to college. And then all of a sudden I got to college and I couldn't figure out. And, you know, this was the time that, I mean, let's be honest, I think, I mean, like my friends, we would say we were going to work out, but that was like, we would pull out our, our body by Cindy Crawford VHS tape. Step touch, (laughs) step touch. And we would do it one time, Mm -hmm. like once a week and be like, we are killing it with our fitness. But I just remember feeling really bad about myself. And it was on a lot of levels. I was not in a good place emotionally. I wasn't in a good place spiritually. I wasn't in a good place physically. I was heavier than I'd ever been. And I felt like I wanted to get it under control, but it's that, it's that cycle of just the worst I felt, the worst I felt, you know? So I just remember being so, I just, I I just kind of hated my body, but I look back even now and think, I can think back to high school where I would put on a swimsuit and be like, I've got cellulite on my legs. Mm -hmm. And now I'd like to go back and kick myself. That's right. You should have worn that swimsuit everywhere. Like I should have worn it to the grocery store. Um, So I think that I've always had a thing where, Um, just because I think what I came from and what I was raised with, where I've been very conscious of my physical appearance, which I know is shocking based on the amount of money I spend on skincare. (laughs) I I think it's interesting listening to to you say that, because I think by and large, I had a pretty healthy, I had a pretty healthy body image. My mom and rarely mentioned it now Uh she was always super fit um i mean like i look back and go weta sims was a good looking woman when when i was growing up like she really was and um she was just really fit and so she would say things occasionally like if i was if i was really dialed into my all gratin o'grady's and dr peppers after school Uh for a while you know she might say now sophie i don't know that that's healthy so she was always kind of coaching me, but she was never critical, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so I didn't I didn't grow up with a real negative voice about it. And I was always really active in high school because I always took dance and all that kind of stuff. So I was, I was always muscular. I w- I've never been lean. I've never been like super thin, but I was always pretty fit uh-huh. until probably the last semester of high school. And I don't really know what, what prompted that I don't know what started it but I just know I, I just kind of dialed out of of being mindful about it maybe is the best uh-huh. way to put it and um and then when I went to college I gained a bunch of weight and I was so ashamed that yeah. um that I kind of put up a, a guardrail so and you know what we do when we're ashamed about something is like we will cut somebody who tries to talk to us about it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just, I, I was not interested in conversation about it. And so I just, uh, I, I gained a ton of weight while I was in college and I lost a ton of weight. And then I gained, so that's when I kind of started on this cycle of just, you mm-hmm. know, one to, I, listen, I've got to go somewhere in two days. Can I lose 25 yeah. pounds? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> um, which I think is, is uh, I don't know. I think college girls are more healthy now. I really do. Having kind of a front row seat for a lot of girls as they go off to college, they seem to manage it better than I did. But yeah. Well, and I think we were in such a, we were that whole, like, I remember my mom growing up where she would go on this, where she would, you know, do the whole, like, 
she's eaten nothing but cottage cheese or for grapefruits a week, or grapefruit or mm-hmm. whatever. And she would go on these super extreme diets, you know? And so that was kind of always my thing is like, if I had something and you know, when you're, when you're 18, 19, 20, I could do that. Like I would, I would be like, okay, I'm going to eat nothing but, you know, grapefruit and mm-hmm. cottage cheese for a week. And I could drop 10 pounds if I wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, which is, it's so, you look back at what that is doing to your metabolism it's and you're crazy. like, that's, it's so not healthy to have those extremes, but that's the way I would manage it. And I think that's the way so many of us were taught. And then I remember, and you'll know this too, because we're the same age, that in college is when everything, the fat-free thing became uh, the thing. The stupid snack whales. Oh, the stupid would, snack whales. I would sit and eat a sleeve of those snack whales yeah. and couldn't figure out why I wasn't losing weight because they were fat-free. I remember that my friend Jen, who I'll talk about more later, but Jen was super, and she would say she had definite body image issues and, and really struggled with her weight and, um, and all of that stuff. Although she was probably the most fit in terms of she would actually go out and jog, you know, like she was the first person I really knew that I was like, Oh, she'll just go for a jog to go for a jog. Um, but she would have us all eating marshmallows because she'd be like, girls, they're fat free. Right. So like we would eat frosted mini wheats and marshmallows and just the sheer amount of sugar that we ate in the name of being fat free right. is absurd. Yeah. And I will say after like, I, so I would try the fat free thing, you know, to try to lose weight or whatever. I did all kinds of unhealthy things in college. I was at one point I was like, I'm just going to eat popcorn. Like find me one medical mm-hmm. professional who says, you know what you need to do <laughs> for some long term. <laughs> Health, you need to just eat popcorn. Just, just eat popcorn. That's it. I, yeah. I would just try any, just anything. I was, it was like, if I were to, to use one word to describe me in regard to weight and fitness in college, it was desperate. Mm-hmm. But I didn't talk mm-hmm. to anybody about it. Yeah. yeah. So this, it's, this whole internal monologue that's just so hateful all the time. Yeah. And I think that too, I look back and go, I wasn't like, I look at the way Caroline has been raised to eat and not like we're super healthy all the time, but like my mom was, I mean, by and large, a single mom. So, I mean, we ate a ton of fast food. We Mm -hmm. ate a ton of processed food. We ate a ton of, I mean, like a vegetable for us. Like I didn't really even know until after I got married that like you could buy fresh vegetables that you cooked. Like to me, a vegetable came out of a can (laughs) and you put it in some sort of cream of something soup. Uh Uh-huh. And that was the extent where you had a salad and you drowned it in dressing. Um, because I remember that was my other thing in college. That was my go-to is if I was really on a healthy kick that I would go to Chili's and get the shrimp Caesar salad at Chili's. Yes. I mean, like... And you know, now that you say that, I'm having all kinds of epiphanies listening to you talk because daddy always planted a huge garden in the summer. Mm-hmm. And we ate, and maybe this is one reason why I didn't struggle as much when I was in high school is because my mama really was a healthy cook before. Now, I know when I do Weed of Wednesdays, it's all got seven tablespoons of butter and all that. But those that, those were special occasions. Those were yeah. the, that, that was the comfort food and the indulgent. That was not how we ate every night of the week at all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she did a lot of lean meat, a lot of fresh vegetables, because we always had stuff from the garden. And then she would put up the corn and the tomatoes and the um the peas everything that that she could the squash so that may be one reason because when I went to college I went off the rails with fast food and Mm -hmm. with Popeyes oh my gosh oh my gosh the Popeyes oh the Popeyes which Mm -hmm. is still if I'm gonna do something really bad that's what that's gonna be my go-to where I'm heading Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so all that to say, so we had we both struggled some in those years. What happened with me is I got really like fit and healthy right before, um, I guess when before David and I started dating, before we got engaged, and and did pretty well until I had Alex, and. Mm -hmm. Then, even then, it wasn't, I didn't feel like a slug. I just was not super exercisey. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm, I didn't really mm -hmm. hit the wall, really, until about four years ago. And a lot of that was because if you are, if you don't move and you keep eating like you eat, like, you're just going to, you're going to go in what was for me a not healthy direction consistently over a long period of time. So if yeah. my goal had been to gain weight, I would have been considered really successful. I was very good at that. Yeah. But yes. but it got me to a bad spot. So yeah. Um okay, so I'm gonna read is it time for me to read another section yeah. of the book? Yes. Okay. Please. Yes. Okay, so this is um about the time I've got to get my glasses. Um about when I first went back to the gym after a really long time. This was before, I didn't do this in the right order because this was before David and I had the big fight. Okay. Uh, but this is when I decided to go back and walk because the doctor told me to. David had been a member at a local gym for several years, but after I made my I am going to walk declaration, we joined one that was closer to our house, which by the way was a real game changer. And one summer afternoon, after years of needing to take better care of my body, I finally drove to the gym and I finally got out of my car and I finally stepped on a treadmill and I finally started walking. Uh I didn't walk fast and I didn't walk far, but I walked. And despite the fact that the voice in my head had conditioned me to believe that I would owe everyone in that gym an explanation, Mm -hmm. I apologize that I'm so overweight and out of shape, but you see, I broke my foot and my doctor suggested (laughs) walking for rehab. And this is very hard for my pride, not to mention my calves, but I really want to do better, everybody. Nobody gave me even a second glance. Mm-hmm. I don't want to over-dramatize it, but it felt just a little bit like I was starting a revolution on behalf of my own stinking self. Mm. I walked consistently Good. for the next three or four weeks, then fell off the workout wagon after school started in August. I think this part of my tale of exercise resistance is important because it's how lots of us roll. We make a positive change and then we decide in all our selfish wisdom that we really don't need to be that consistent, that we've got this thing, that we're fine, really, it is all so fine. And then just to skip down a little bit. And then late one night when I was doing my best to justify to David why I didn't have time to go to the gym and exercise regularly, he called me on every bit of my bull. He Uh had never said a word during the four years prior when I started getting away from myself, but I wasn't talking about making changes back then either. But after I attempted to make a commitment and then tried to make a case for why making those changes just wasn't going to work out for me, he was not having it. Uh. And then, um, and then I talk about how I eventually went back to the gym. Now that when I went back that second time, that was really, um, that was the beginning of consistency for me. So I, and I don't really know why it clicked at that point in time. I, I will say I did know that Alex and I were going to Kenya at that point the next summer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, compassion will always trick you into a hike. Yes, and, yes they will. Yes, and, they will. And because Alex was going with me 
I didn't want to be in that situation, you know, in Kenya Mm -hmm. on some form of hike and not be able to keep up with him. Yeah. Like that really, I think was a deep down motivation um, that, that probably clicked in some way. Mm -hmm. But, um, but here's what was crazy. What I realized was when I really got back in there and, and, and kind of committed like I, way deep down in my heart that I was going to try to do better for myself and for my family. Um, I, it didn't take two weeks from to, to feel like a new person. Yeah. 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 Which is the craziest thing. It is crazy. I think it's crazy how fast you turned around, which I've always said is probably one of the things that does me wrong with exercise because I'm the kind of person where I'll work out like two days in a week and I'm like, I'm probably good for like a month. Like I, <laughs> I feel thinner. My stomach feels flatter. That's right. I feel healthy. Look at the and progress so, I've made. Yeah, I think I'm totally good. And then I'll, and then I won't work out again for six more years. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I just, I think that's been part of mine because for me, I felt like once I got out of college, well, really, if I think back, it's kind of funny how it works because I've written about this, but I had, um, I had gotten engaged my second to last year of college. And when I broke off that engagement, I cratered and I lost a ton of weight and I got super skinny, Mm. um, just because I was depressed, Sure, (laughs) which isn't really the healthiest solution, Um, but it's that thing of, and it's what our society does where everybody was like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. And so it didn't matter that I was miserable. Everybody told me I looked amazing. And so I continued to just be miserable and look amazing. This is why I honestly, I have a whole thing about this with my girls at school. I never, ever mention their weight. I might tell Uh them their shirt is cute. (laughs) Yeah, I might tell them I love their shoes, but like if they if they lose weight or they suddenly seem to you know to be they 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 look like they you know they've been working out or whatever, mm-hmm. I will never comment on it because it is crazy how as women we internalize those things. Yes, like, and we give people positive reinforcement. We don't care if the way they got there is unhealthy or not. We just are going to praise some people for being skinny. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's the whole thing. And 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 then I think that there was a turn where I because that's really when I started I got back involved with breakaway and I spiritually got on track and all that. And then I think it was the combination of then I stayed thin because I quit. I wasn't drinking and partying like I had been. Right. Um and I became single working girl and so a lot of times my meals were I mean I remember one of my favorite things that I would make myself which we can question the health, but I would get frozen corn on the cob and I would do a potato in the microwave and I'd sprinkle it all with Tony Shasheri's to do like a fake crawfish boil. That was like, I would eat that for dinner. (laughs) Or did you ever have, was it nothing? What was the stuff called that tasted like butter, but it wasn't butter? Oh, nothing but nothing, nothing but I don't or know. it's not really butter. I don't it's know. nothing but, but butter, any, something like that. Nothing but butter. Yeah. And so I would do some of that. And I just didn't eat because I was just, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't go out to eat a lot. I didn't. And my, my treat to myself that I remember is I would go to church on Sundays and then I would pick up a Popeye's two piece on the way mm, home mm. from, um, from church and the Houston Chronicle to read all the wedding announcements. Cause that went, that's when they would do big wedding announcements. Yes. And that was like my, my thing to like, look at all the brides. Um, and so there was that. And so then I feel like I stayed status quo and was really until I had, and when I had Caroline and I had put on weight from having her. You did Okay. In fairness. I didn't. In fairness, Martha Hudson, I gained seven pounds with David. 
and I gained nine pounds with Scott. Or that maybe she maybe she gained fourteen pounds. But I think you 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 I appreciate I, that it was a big deal to you. Just mm-hmm. saying, I gained forty three pounds with Alex. Yeah, I didn't gain. I was a pretty small pregnant person. Mm-hmm. There again, I think because we were remodeling the house, so I think I was stressed and I was moving all the time. Like and it kept me going. I, I think that's interesting too because when you say I was stressed, what that means to you is. I wasn't eating much. And when I say I was really stressed, I was putting it down. And I think that people tend to have one or two responses. And I have really had a a big realization, even recently, about stress is the number one reason I eat when I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. 100%. Mm -hmm. But anyway, continue. But I think that, but I think at that time, and so after I had Caroline, but then it kind of became, I got back in shape really quick after I had Caroline because I was breastfeeding and I discovered that the way to keep my sanity is I would put her in the stroller and we would walk for miles like that's my saving grace and so I look back at that time like the summer after I had I had Caroline in August and by that next summer like I was probably the thinnest and in the best shape I had been in my whole adult life wow um after and it was one of those things where I mean I look back and like man I was in really good shape but then you get into having a toddler and I was just so dadgum tired all Mm -hmm. the time yeah that then to me that's when it changed to where I would eat for comfort like I would I would get her to bed and I'd be like I'm gonna have 17 chocolate chip cookies because (laughs) I made it through the day yeah yeah that whole thing that whole piece the food piece of this deal I I know is something I'll I'll battle that the rest of my life like Mm -hmm. There, there, there are too many patterns. There are too many habits. There are too many thought processes that happen. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, I'm helpless or I'm hopeless. I, I, I think I'm in a better spot now than I was four years ago. And I hope four years from now, I'll be in a better spot than I am now. But yeah. it's, it's going to always be a work in progress thing with me. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to me, I look at the food and I think to me, the times that I've been the most unhealthy or the most mentally unhealthy are the times when I really try to limit my food or I really start I overthinking it. I agree 100%. Like, and so I really have learned, like, I'll, I'll tell you now, like we have a scale in our bathroom. I never weigh myself. I don't either. Like, I, I just, I don't because I'm like, that's a number. And it, there's so many things that fluctuate, like, and we'll get to this later. But like when I started working out more, like I started putting on weight because mm-hmm. you're putting on muscle. And I was like, that number freaks me out. And, and I wish that I were better than that, but I'm not, I'm just going to go ahead and admit it. So it's like, for me, I kind of go by my clothes still feel like they fit. And, but if I start really thinking about it too much, I start eating even more unhealthy. I start craving foods I wouldn't. And so I really try to go now the quarantine has been a different time, but most (laughs) of the time I try to go with everything in moderation, like everything in moderation. Yeah. I, there's a friend of mine that I've talked with this a lot about. We've talked, we talk a lot about just our relationship with food and all that kind of stuff. And I will say that has been so helpful to, to, to talk about it because mm-hmm. I think for so long, I just put this expectation on myself. Look, I don't look like everybody else. I don't look like all my friends do in terms of being like tiny and cute and bubbly and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I put all these expectations on myself and would probably overcompensate with the personality piece just to, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but to talk about food and to talk about like, we get into this pattern, I think where, gosh, I'm not happy with where I am with food. So the answer to that is going to be deprivation, which is dumb. Yeah. Like, 
And, and, and I also think the more you exercise, the more you're moving your body, the more you crave healthy stuff. Yes. Like I would have never craved, you know, I've been pretty much obsessed with cuties during the whole mm-hmm. pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what I crave, which is weird. But I think it's just because, you know, you want something that ultimately helps you to to not feel bad because you want to feel better so you can get out and do more. It's weird. That's the other. So it's like, you can either run on one of two tracks or I can either run on one of two tracks, you know, where I'm, I'm not in this cycle of deprivation. I'm I'm moving my body every day. You know, I feel strong and all that kind of stuff. Or Mm -hmm. I feel like crap. I don't want to move. I'm going to eat more crap. (laughs) Like, yeah. And and you just, I don't know. It, It stinks, but it's, um, I don't, I don't know why it's, it works the way it works, but it, it certainly seems to me that the, the two are connected for sure. Yeah, I think for sure. Cause I think back to the years, like then after Caroline and through elementary school, and that's when I started writing books and I was doing the blog. And so I was just so sedentary so mm-hmm. much of the time, like I just didn't get out and it, and it became a thing for me where it was always like, I would always say, I know myself well enough to know I'm not going to exercise 12 months out of the year. So I'm really going to focus starting about March because I need to look good in a swimsuit. Like that was my whole, and like, that's not really a healthy perspective because that's (laughs) because you're just, I'm not really being healthy. I'm just doing what I need to do for a short amount of time. Right. Um, which there again, you know, to me, it, it's more about your overall health and, and some sort of consistency somewhere. Okay, so I'm going to read a little part that about what happened after I started exercising consistently. This was, I guess, this was probably three years ago. Um, sorry, I just moved my microphone again. No, um, okay, so I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs, but they're they're a little long, so just bear with me. Okay. Listen, I love it. Okay. A few months after I started exercising consistently, we made a spring break trip to Universal Studios with the Mixons and the Coonses. Those are two families that we're really close to. And so anyway, okay. Y'all, I walked all over that park, up, down, sideways, in circles. And not only that, I felt incredible. And for the rest of the spring and early summer, I tried to be extra disciplined with my exercise because Alex and I were going with compassion to Kenya and compassion will always trick you into some form of hike. I mentioned that earlier. I went into that trip feeling stronger than I had in a couple of decades. And about a month after we got home from Africa, David and I went to New York to celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary. We walked something like 85,000 steps over the course of our four days exploring the city And over and over again, I thought about how even a year before I would have been physically incapable of doing that trip. I couldn't have walked that much. I couldn't have walked that far. I couldn't have handled all the up and down on the subway stairs. When we walked across Central Park from the west side to the east side, I would have had to sit down after the first hill. And while I can't think for long about what I missed by checking out of my own life for a few years, by letting fear envelop my body, by believing the lie that I couldn't do a thing to change it, I can tell you without a second's hesitation that our New York trip was one of my favorite things I've done in my whole life. David and I had an absolute blast. We laughed like crazy and enjoyed being together like crazy and talked over and over about how a 20th anniversary trip puts a honeymoon to shame. But without Mm -hmm. the nudge from my husband and the encouragement of my friends, well, I would have missed that whole thing. Mm. That for me, like it makes me teary eyed to think about it because that trip the way, like, because of where I had been 
a year before, like really in the worst shape of my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for us just to, I mean, just fly, you know, (laughs) like up and down those streets. I remember I've, I don't know when I've ever felt more, um, more proud's not the right word, but, but in a way, I think I was just like that. I didn't, I didn't stay where I was and just so happy that we were able to do that together. Like we mm-hmm. had a blast and, mm-hmm. and I think it was a good, it, and I even thinking back on that trip kind of keeps me in check some now because I, I, I want to continue. Like, I don't, I honestly, like, I'm like Melanie, we have a scale in our bathroom. I don't ever get on it. I weigh when I go for my checkup every year. Mm-hmm. I, and that's always kind of like, are we going in a good direction? Are we not going in a, a good direction? Yeah. You know, you just kind of evaluate. But what matters to me and what that trip taught me is that more than anything else, I want to feel agile. Like mm-hmm. I want to feel like I am contr- and in control of moving my body and I can, I can run upstairs. I can run downstairs. I can dodge a puddle, like, it, which it sounds, I know, it sounds strange, but I really had gotten to a point where I didn't trust my body at all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I want to be able to walk across Central Park. I want to be able to walk up hills. I want to be able to not not worry if there are going to be a bunch of stairs. I want to be able to get up them. Yeah. Um, and all those things, like I had just gotten into a, to a place where all those things were, were um, like, it was like an evaluation I was doing before I went anywhere. How many stairs will I have to climb? How far is the mm-hmm. walk? Am I going to have to... Um, am, am I going to have to go up a hill? Like, I just, I didn't want to do anything, even like football games. Am I going to have to climb a bunch of stairs at the stadium? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. want to have to do anything that would make me remember how, um, how poorly my body was able to, to serve, you know, whatever I was interested in doing. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, so that New York trip is like a, a little bit of a marker for me. This I is, this is the payoff. Just, I'm not talking about being super skinny. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about even being skinny. I'm just saying this is the payoff for being active and for being, um, and for being kind to your body by moving it is that you're able to do all sorts of things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, for me, I felt like the catalyst became, so, I mean, I feel like after that, when it was, so it was probably like 2015, 2014 and Perry and I had that argument and he was just like, you just, you sit around, you don't move, you don't Mm -hmm. do anything. Like I see you, like he was like, it wasn't good. And he recognized it. Like it wasn't good for me on a lot of levels. And so I think that that was the beginning, but then I'm also, you know, me, people wouldn't know this about me, but sometimes when somebody tells me what I have to do, then that <laughs> is going to be when I'm going to dig in and not do it. Um, I'm just going to give a PSA here, everybody. <laughs> Melanie does not like, does not like people to tell her what to do. Unless, yeah. unless she is genuinely in a position where she is seeking counsel. Yes. But if yes. she's not seeking counsel, don't offer it. That is my no. word for the day. Yeah, because once you tell me that I'm going to do, even if I know you're right, I'm going to dig in and not do it. Mm -hmm. And so just to show you. um, And so I think a couple of things happen. And I think there's, um, I I, I think, but to me, the biggest was, as I started number one, to look at my age, where it was like, okay, I'm in my early 40s. I'm 42, 43, Mm -hmm. 44. Um, The other thing that happened was that Jen, my friend Jen, got sick. Mm -hmm. 
And when Jen got cancer, I felt like that was such a catalyst. Um, Gully and I've talked about it a lot because Jen had been, she ran marathons, she jogged, she ate healthy, like she did everything. And I think there was something in me that shifted to see her in that hospital bed and think she would give anything to have a mm-hmm. physical body that could move and mm-hmm. go and run and all that. And it was almost like it, it I, I say shamed me into it, but it almost, it was the thing of like, I need to take better care of my body. And I almost had this shift of like, I'm going to like, my mindset was almost like, I'm going to do this to honor Jen because she can't and I right. can yeah. And it was, it was that I had taken my health for granted and mm-hmm. I had taken the fact that I could still get up, but, but I was, it was like, I was, you know, they always say you're, you're like skinny fat and that's what I was because like I, I looked okay, but I just, I, it was hard for me. I mean, I couldn't walk a long way without getting winded. Right. I wasn't in great shape. I mean, my, my, my arm workout essentially was carrying in as many bags of groceries from the car as I could. Right. With lots time. of chips and cookies. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that became a thing. So there were two things. So the gin thing became a big part of it. And the other thing was, is it was when Caroline had really gone up a notch in soccer. Like she had gone from youth soccer to playing like more academy and club, mm-hmm. super competitive soccer. And to see what we were asking her to do in right. terms of training and for her body, mm-hmm. then it became like as a mom, it was like, if I, I'm going to ask this of her, then I she needs to see me doing this for myself. Like she needs to see me pushing myself. Right. That is uh, that is so weird because I, I feel like my two catalysts were so similar. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not, Melanie, I'm not, listen, I want, I need everybody to understand. I am not saying, and I say this in the book, I am nobody's after picture. I'm not saying that anybody will ever like see me walking in the park and go, oh yeah, sister, that's what I'm after mm-hmm. right there. That's, <laughs> listen, there's my goal. But I don't, I don't care about that. Like mm-hmm. what I care about, I want to, I want to feel good. I want to feel strong and I want to be present and active in my life. Yeah. Like I, I can't, I can't say it enough. So with me, it was when mama died. Like I, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I, I, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a bad way right now. Mm-hmm. Things aren't mm-hmm. great. And it's going to get like, this is only going to get worse because I'm in my forties and it's not like, you know, yeah, I don't have the bounce back that I had when I was 22 or 23. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing, like we were, Alex was doing all this stuff for, for football and for lacrosse. And it just, I, I, I wanted, I wanted to model for him that not that it's perfect and not that I I haven't had times where I have like gotten discouraged or whatever, but that it's worth it to consistently get out there and get after it a little bit, um, you know, in terms of taking care of yourself. Yeah. And, and I think there's a whole thing that to me, and I've seen it with Caroline and it's interesting because Caroline has always been thin. Mm-hmm. I mean, she came into this world at five pounds. I mean, you know, she's, right. she's always been a little thing and she's always been thin, but to see where that even creates, like everybody has this, these preconceived notions of like what a good body is or what a body should be. And, and it's funny cause I've had to work through with Caroline where it's like the opposite where, you know, when you're, when you're the mother of a daughter and I think because of the way I was raised, I was like, I'm never going to, I never wanted to have a daughter who's self-conscious about her weight or who, uh, where she feels like I'm monitoring everything. But then we almost had the opposite problem. But then to see the times that Caroline has come home and said, girls ask me if I'm anorexic, Mm -hmm. like they um, make comments about how thin she is and that that's Mm -hmm. not healthy. Um, And so there's a whole other side of shaming 
where, you know, where I've had to tell her like, no, this is just how you're built. Like you're, you're, you're going to put on weight, but you're healthy and you run and you're active and you're muscular and all that stuff. It just how there have been times where it's been the total opposite problem, um, where people have made her feel ashamed. And I've heard it where they've said, you're anorexic, you're this, you, you know, or whatever. And, and I, do you even eat? And I'm like, no, she eats like a horse. Like she's just mm. a thin girl. It's just her build. And I mean, mm. and Perry was, ex- you know, I mean, I look at Perry, he weighed 155 pounds on our wedding day and was six feet tall. I mean, she mm-hmm. comes from some lean stock. Right. Is right. what I'm saying. Right. So it just, and, and she burns in a soccer game, she's burning 2000 calories. So it's, it's just that whole thing of you're like, you've got to be healthy. And I think we have these preconceived notions of, Oh, if I was thin, I would be happier. Or if mm-hmm. I was 20 pounds less, I would be happier or whatever that thing is. But I think it's ultimately is, are you healthy and are you making good decisions for right. your body and for your body type? Because that's when you're going to feel good about yourself. That's exactly because, right. Um, and we we have such a tendency to get preoccupied with how people look, Mm -hmm. um, which will wear on anybody, regardless of age, um, regardless of, of, of what we are critical of that they're too skinny, they're too fat, they're too muscular, they're too whatever. Like, but I think we would, we would all be much kinder to ourselves. And a lot of this for me has really been like, I want to be kind to my body because I have one. And I will always only mm-hmm. have one. So mm-hmm. I want to, I, I haven't always been kind to my body. I I want to do better about being kind to my body moving forward. So mm-hmm. I think if we would just, if we would focus on health, if we would listen to our doctors for feedback, yes. um, you know, as opposed to feeling like we need to, um, to offer our insight into like affirming somebody's size or shaming somebody for size. Cause listen, I have had some friends on the internet and I put the word friends in quotation mm-hmm. marks who have come after me about my size, yeah. just said really mean things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, and you know, free speech, free country, whatever, but I'm just saying it's not helpful. It's not helpful no. to comment no. on somebody's size ever. No. So because uh, here's the thing is women, we're already for the most part, I'm going to say by and large, all of us are already painfully aware of our flaws and our weak spots. Absolutely. And so it's like, you don't really need somebody coming after those um, because chances are it's a place that you've already wrestled with or struggled with um, mm-hmm. or whatever. And so I think that that's, you know, something important to keep in mind. And I do think, you know, it's funny because I knew we were going to have this conversation and I worked out. And so to me, the best thing that has happened for me is that when Caroline was in seventh grade, we started, she started going to this speed and strength trainer named Brent Holmes, which if you listen to our Patreon podcast with Caroline, when, when Sophie asked her somebody who had had the biggest impact on her life, other than her dad and me and her grandparents, it was Brent Holmes Mm -hmm. was who she said. And he has been a gift to us because he builds her up so much. Not only has he trained her physically, but he equips her emotionally and mentally and spiritually. And so I would watch her do these workouts and that was part of, and I think it was about two years ago mm-hmm. that Brent made the comment to me, I was sitting there watching her and he was like, why don't you start working out? He's like, you can work out while she's working out. And I was like, Oh, no. oh. <laughs> easy Brent. Brent, listen, simmer, we were doing I'm fine. Gonna you, Brent. I'm going to need you to simmer down. Brent. <laughs> but it's so funny because I was always, and at the time I had been going back to cycle class and I had been doing smart bar and I'd kind of done like a mix of different stuff because I don't like a big, like, I don't like a big aerobic class. Like right. I'm not a, 
big. I don't like to be in a class with 20 people. That just makes me feel really uncomfortable. But I also am not disciplined enough to be like, I'm just going to work out in my living room. So it's like I have to find that balance. Um, So I had gone to cycle and I was doing some other stuff. But I started that summer, like two summers ago, I started working out with Caroline, with Brent. Number one, it was so great because it was something we did together. Right. Um, And then like... It's funny because Caroline hasn't been with me. So I've consistently kept going like for all this time. So when she's in school, she's not going regularly, but she went with me, I guess, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And like, she was so, like, I do have to say, she was so impressed with how strong I am now. Get it, Mona. (laughs) Get it. And I really did think, as I was like, here I am, I'm going to be 49 this summer. And I'm like, and I'm stronger and, and, and everything than I was 10 years ago, yep. but it's like, it, it took that commitment and it took somebody, because I think with Brent, I felt so awkward. It's like you said, like when you walk in, like I felt so awkward walking in being like, I don't know how to use these machines and I can barely do this. And I'm so weak, but it's, it's like kind of getting over yourself and getting over your fear to be like, okay, I've got to start somewhere. You do. And it's like, I, I think I said on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, whenever you show up to do it, nobody is going to disqualify you. Like, yeah. What I have found is you just you just have to show up, and there will be somebody there to help you. You know, if yeah. you if you need if you need help, but nobody is going to be standing at the doors of the gym going, "Nope, you don't. Nope, sorry. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah." I was going to say that before while we're still on subject to bring. So Gully started going with me this spring, so now Gully's going too. And so I've got Gully going with me and we've laughed because when we work out, normally it's like on Mondays or Wednesdays and it's usually about noon and it's us. And it's like, and then they also, because it's a whole wellness center. So you have a lot of like older women who are either recovering from strokes or are just, you know, on some kind of under the supervision of their doctor. And so we laugh because there's one older lady and I bet she's 75 and her name's Peggy and like Gully and I'll laugh. And she was like, I wanted to quit. But like, I looked over and Peggy was mm-hmm. still going. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, I can't quit before Peggy. No. And so, but you see these, but those older women have inspired me to see them where mm-hmm. I'm like, they're still showing up and, and, you know, with this older age and doing all this stuff in it. So it just motivates you to kind of keep doing the work. It does. I 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so okay. so here's, um, this is just a, a, a little reflection towards the end of the chapter. Um, I talk a little bit about soul dance, which I won't get into that. I've talked about that on the podcast before. Yes. But here's sort of the, the wrap up. It says, I thought for the longest time that I wanted to be skinnier. But what I know now is that more than anything, I want to be strong. I want a healthier body so that I can be healthier for the body so that I can serve the body so that I can love and stand for the body for a really long time. I don't know what's dark for you right now, but I do know this light that shines from the Lord and his people can help you stand longer and stronger than you imagined. The light will make a way in it, through it and out of it, whether it's needing to take charge of your health or your fear or your indecision or your need for control or whatever. The light is a difference maker. Ask me how. I know. And a lot of, I think, what I have realized um, over the course of the last four years, obviously nobody heard the, all the stuff that led up to that, that part about, um, about the light, but, but a big part of this, and this is so hard for me, sometimes I know it can be hard for other people. You do to a certain degree have to make yourself vulnerable. Yeah. You know, whether it was like you going yeah. in asking, like having Brent show you what to do or, mm-hmm. um, you know, me showing up at the, the gym whenever that was and, yeah. um, and just hopping on a treadmill, like you do have to put yourself out there a little bit, but, but I will say this, 
so much of the negative commentary that would run through my brain about about how I looked or how my clothes looked or um, all that stuff. It it disappears when I feel healthy and strong. Yeah. And, um, I, I, you know, I, so for me, staying in it in terms of walking or whatever I do is worth it to, to keep the mental and emotional part, um, yeah. in check. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is it's like, to me, the physical and the mental and the emotional are all so tied together mm-hmm. and it's, um, and it's to keep one aspect healthy is to, to help all of those aspects be healthier. Because I mean, that was, and you've said it a million times and I've said the same thing is <clears throat> during the quarantine, when we were stuck at home, I mean, getting out and moving and being physical was yep. my saving grace. Me too. I mean, just to, just to get out and be able to go, um, I think was so many people's saving grace. And it's like, I don't want to lose that because it's like, you just feel it's like, it helps me clear my mind. It Mm -hmm. helps me clear my heart. It helps me reshift my perspective and my focus. And I just, I think we need that so much. I agree. I, you know, I was thinking today when I was walking and by like it rained, it's rained the last two days when I've, I've been in the middle of the walk and it started raining. Mm -hmm. Um, and I even thought four years ago, I would have like, I would have like, I don't know, kind of hunkered down and snuck back to my car because I would not have wanted, like, what if my t-shirt, you know, starts to, to hug around my stomach too much because it's wet or, you know, just all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if it's getting older. I don't know if it's just the, the contentment and being stronger, but Uh I just have a, I feel like a healthier attitude about all that. Like, um, in terms of, I'm not, I don't want to let my mind stop, um, stop what my body can do, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, and so while there's still some room to sort this thing out, I would, (laughs) I would like to participate in the sorting. I would like Uh to be an active participant in, um, not just trying to move my body, but just to, to continue to work through my issues with food, um, to continue to, to identify the places where food is a struggle And, um, and what triggers those struggles, all that kind of stuff. Um, I I have decided I would rather be in it than out of it. And, and I think that that's, yeah, I think that's, that's a healthier place to live. So Mm -hmm. totally agree. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'll say this too, Melanie will tell you, um, because Melanie has seen me sort of at every stage of the book writing process. And do you remember when we went to Atlanta that time for the, for the living proof thing after I'd fin- after a little, I think a little salty had just come out Yes. and I slept the whole time. I was like, yes. <laughs> it's like, I, I would sit down, yes. I would sleep, I would recline, I would sleep. Like, um, I think about that a lot in terms of, um, I don't want to sleep my way through. Yeah. The time I yeah. have left. I want to live yeah. it. And so yeah. I'm grateful for the third and fourth and 59th chances that yeah. I've had to, to write the ship a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you look, and I think there is something about getting older where for me, it, it becomes, it's because it's funny how with each increasing year, it becomes less about how I look, which is what the focus used to always be on. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, you know, here's the bottom line. I mean, I don't care how, 
thin or tone I am. Nobody really cares about seeing me in a two-piece bathing suit at this point. You know what I mean? Like that, it's fine. And I'll, you know, I'll put one on if we're on vacation or whatever, but like nobody wants to see that um, because you're just, you're older, but it's become so much about thinking about the future. And like, I want to be able to get down on the floor and play with my God willing, eventual grandchildren. And Mm -hmm. I want to be able to take them places and I want to be able to go and I want to be able to keep going to Aggie football games and all that stuff. And so it's like, what can I do so that I continue to have that quality of life? Because I really see that with my dad, which you'll get so tickled. So Charles Marino called me just this past week to tell me that he had gotten his results back from his physical. And the doctor called him in just because he wanted to personally congratulate him <laughs> on how Listen, exceptionally healthy he is this for is a Bobby Sims. year old man. <laughs> this is Bobby Sims at 88. Like, yeah. he plays golf. And I and really, kind of yeah, I mean, daddy plays golf three, four times a week, mm-hmm. um, wakes up every day with a plan of what he's going to do, you yeah. know, what, what he's, he's going to, he's going to be active every single day. Yeah. And you do start to think about, I want to be able to pull a stroller out of the back of my car. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if there are mm-hmm. Lord willing grandbabies down the road, I want to be able to carry their stuff. And I just, yeah. I don't know. I think that they're, um, the perspective gets bigger as you get older. And so mm-hmm. all that to say, if there's anybody who has been in a similar place that we both have been um, and with two very different bodies, mm-hmm. I think what we would both say is that the moving is the key. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have to start somewhere. You do. I mean, I, and I think that's the whole thing is you have to start somewhere and it's like you look and you're, you're not going to overnight shift, but it's, it's like everything. It takes time. Um, and, and don't be afraid to start. So just, just get in there and start. Yeah. When we were doing the live stream with Travis and Beth a few weeks ago, when we were doing the rehearsal, Travis made some smart aleck comment and we were like, we were, I think we were eight feet apart. Mm-hmm. And so I leaned down like I was going to karate kick him mm-hmm. and I did. And, uh-huh. um, and Chuck who works with Lifeway said, he was like, I will give you, I can't remember, like $20 if you can get your foot up in that camera frame next to Travis, yeah. which would have been like if I could kick up to his head. Yeah. And I came super close and we were uh-huh. all laughing about it. And I was like, listen, I am surprisingly nimble. Like <laughs> you, you might not think it, but I am surprisingly nimble. Yeah. And I yeah. like being surprisingly nimble. That is a, ha- that's right. a happy place for me. So yeah. Yeah. It's a good place. So who cares what size your clothes are? If you're, if you're making, good choices about how you treat your body and um, you are practicing some moderation about what you put in your body. That's exactly right. And trying to get better every day. That's exactly right. Because ultimately it's about being healthy. That is right. Well, I have enjoyed this conversation. Me too. I've loved hearing the excerpts. I like hearing you read excerpts from the book. Thanks. And, And while we were recording, the person who recorded the audio book called me. So I guess I need to call him back. Okay. Yeah. Cause you may be getting to read more. I may be getting to read more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to y'all later. All right. Bye. bye.